Hi, welcome to Marvelous Mysteries, the podcast. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Jaden. And we're going to read mysteries that we found this week to you guys. And first, we're going to do some icebreakers. This time, Jaden found them, which is yeah. like a switch up from normal. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, they're all pretty lighthearted. Well, maybe not one of them. But okay. So, the first one is, if you could commit any crime and get away with it, what would you choose and why? What would I choose? Um, hmm. Any crime. I don't really want to, I definitely don't want to kill anyone. There's no one I would want to, like, murder or anything. Mm -hmm. But I think probably, like, I'd probably steal money so I don't have to work again. But <laughs> I wouldn't, I would steal from someone horrible. I wouldn't steal from, like... Robin Hood, give to the rich, and or take from the rich and give yeah, to I'm the gonna poor. Who's yourself? Who's myself, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't steal from, like, something good. Or the, even the government, no, yeah. I'd steal from, like, some one of the billionaires or something that won't miss like a million dollars going away yeah. or someone that's just awful i'd probably do the same like, like i would choose like stealing or something like that because yeah i, w I wouldn't want to kill anybody mm -hmm. and then like i feel like anything any other crime i could think of just seem a bit just seems a bit too violent i feel yeah. like robbery is like the more low-key one it's not low-key in the fact that like it's not a crime yeah, but like, i would i would definitely rob someone and i would rob someone bad too like someone evil i would rob anybody that had disney tickets and then you would, your crime would be sneaking into disney world after yeah, dark yeah <laughs> like, yeah um yeah but i would steal um what was the worst haircut you ever had I know mine. Um, I mean, I cut my hair the other day myself, but that wasn't that bad. I just cut, like, a quarter of an inch off. The worst haircut? I don't know. I've never really had a super bad haircut. Um, I have curly hair, so, like, like that's why I just cut it myself. Because, like, it all... You it, can't like, really tell. Yeah, you can't it's... tell. It lays different lengths anyway because <laughs> of different curls. I guess I remember, like, I think it was more so jealousy. Like, they cut my hair and they didn't really do much with it, but my sister got her haircut and they like straightened it and styled it really nicely and I was like I didn't like how my hair how they styled my hair because a lot of times when they style my hair they especially when I was younger now I like think it's kind of cute but like they would make it really poofy mm -hmm. and like voluminous but like that wasn't the style then it was like the style to be very straight and like yeah. flat and they flat ironed like my <clears throat> sister's hair or something and I was really jealous and my hair was poofy so I like put it up and I didn't want anyone like I, that was disappointing I think that's the only one I feel like I've had regrets. When I, I think I've never had like a bad one, but I've had like ones that I've absolutely hated. Like I mean, I've gotten layers before. That wasn't the worst, but I definitely feel like it doesn't like. My sister's had layers before, and it definitely looks better on her. I feel like than me. Um, but um, my junior year of high school, I for some reason, first of all, like I just got like my hair cut to like my shoulders, which was like a length that I usually would cut it to, and then I decide to have bangs. And I regret it so much because <laughs> I had that going on, and then I had like the braces and everything, oh, yeah. and like bangs just do not look good on me. Like it, it was a mm -hmm. poor choice. Um, yeah, bangs I mean, aren't like, good for me because of curly hair. Yeah, but I feel like, quite honestly, compared to other people, it's probably definitely not as bad as it. Yeah. What like as I thought it was because I was like I just don't think I looked good with it. Yeah, I definitely. But I never had anything where it was like because usually my mom cuts my hair. Like I never really had like a professional ever cut my hair. Mm. And so like, usually, like, I know that my mom wouldn't just be like, you know, like, screw me over. I'm like, you know. Usually, I actually go to, um, 
when I get my hair cut professionally, I actually go to like a student place because it's only $15. Okay. And you're not, you can't tip them because they're in school. Like they practice on you. This isn't a bad haircut. She did fine because I just had my ends trimmed because I'm like, but she was like, she's like, your hair falls out a lot when you cut it. Is that normal? I was like, yeah, like, cause I've, or when you wash it, cause I have curly hair. So it come, like, it falls out a lot and I yeah. have very long hair now. And she, I was like, yeah, that's normal. So she's like disturbed by that. And then she's like, and like, I use like, I have like buildup in my hair cause I use a lot of products and I have like a, I don't know what they're called, but one of those scalp massager things. That's oh, supposed the exfoliating to, Yeah, that's supposed to yeah. help with that. But I mean, it's just like only goes so far and I don't wash my hair. I wash my hair like twice a week at most. Cause it's so bad for it and to not do to do it more often than that. And she's like, "You have a lot of like stuff in your hair." And she was like trying to fix it. And I was like, "That wasn't a bad haircut," but she's just like throwing <laughs> shade on me. I was like, "Okay, thank you." Like, and she was real. Like, I was like, "Thanks a lot," but I haven't had like truly bad. I mean, I cut my hair yesterday, and I think it looks fine. I just mm-hmm. cut my split ends off. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, and then the last one is, if you could rename yourself, what name would you pick? Mm. I don't know. Names? I don't know. What would you rename yourself? I don't know. I, like, I don't know, because sometimes I, I think about, like, because my, my coworkers and I had this conversation once. Like, and they actually had chosen a name for me instead of, like, me renaming myself. But, like, sometimes, like, I would, like, I'd say, like, because if I was going to be a boy, my parents are going to name me Cyrus, I think. Okay. Which, you know, if you compare that to the other names of my siblings, it's, like, it sounds like a much more, like, overpowering name. Yeah. (laughs) If I was going to be a boy, my parents are going to name me David. Oh, really? They also almost named me Rachel. Which mm, I don't Rebecca think. suits me much better. Yeah. I think my name actually suits me, but I don't know. There are other names I like. I like. Right. Like I would maybe choose for like a child if I had a child or something. Yeah, I don't know because like, I really like the name Eleanor and I like the name Eloise. Same. I like yeah, like Eloise. Eloise. Like one of my, Eloise, the name yeah. one of my book characters is Ellie. <laughs> yeah, I would. Lo- I would. I wouldn't name my kid that. <laughs> um, I I like the name Margaret a lot, but Isaac like made fun of me. Like that's an old lady's name. <laughs> I was like, I think it's really pretty, but um, I told my mom, and she's like, well, that's, like, her boyfriend. He's like, that's her, his mom's name, so I guess I have to say yes. Her name is oh. Margaret. <laughs> she's, like, 90, but I think it's pretty. Yeah. Um, I, think, I like the name Sylvia. I feel like because, like, I, I feel like my name also suits me pretty good, but, like, I feel like if I had to rename myself, it would have to be, like, another, like, kind of, like, gender-neutral name. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, yeah, I don't know. Because, like, usually any names that I like tend to be more guy names than girl names. Because I just don't really find a lot of girl names I tend to like. Oh, really? I never like... There's only one guy name that oh, really? I really I have, like, like... There's, like, a handful of guy names that I really like. The only like. one I like. And so I'm like, if I ever have kids, we can only have one boy. Because I don't... I hate every guy name. I'll give you names, I guess. I'll make like, up some. <laughs> like, and the only name I like is Flynn. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's the only one I like. So... Yeah. I really like the name James. Like, that's, like, one of my favorites. I like it, too, but then they always go by, like, Jim or Jake. I would not let my kid go by that. I'm like, yeah. your name is James. <laughs> gonna go by James. <laughs> I like that name. I like some other names. But, yeah, I don't know. I've, liked, like, girl name-wise, like, I've always liked the name James. So, like, ma- like, I feel like if I chose, like, a girl name to, like, rename myself with, it would have to be, like, kind of close to the one that I have now. Mm-hmm. So, maybe, like, cause I, like I said, I like the name James. So, like, maybe that. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Gender, gender neutral names. Like, um, what else is there? I knew two girls, like, in yeah. high school. Jordan. One of, I've been called that Jordan. Before. Jordan would be good. <laughs> I knew two girls in high school. One of their names was Evan, and their, their sister's name was Ryan. So everyone was oh, like, really? did your parents want boys <laughs> to them? But I was like, but that, I mean, you can just name your kid whatever you want. Names are made up anyways. No, but, yeah, like, yeah. but it's just. I'm sure, I'm sure by this point there's been a lot of, like, girls with guy names and vice versa yeah like, i mean like i don't think it's really surprising more if you meet like a kid that has a name that's of like the opposite gender you know? yeah i just like i like like traditional girl names better usually i, think I, so do I was too. like i also don't i'm not like i've always been like someone that never really has guy friends only like i'm oh really i used to have a lot of guy friends around maybe that's why I, I i usually don't like i i would have i had friends but no one i was like very close to and people i would like and friends in class, but I had, um, mostly, like, girlfriends, and, like, I'm really girly, so I was, like, I never, I, I was, like, I really hope I don't have a boy. Really? If I had I, a child. I would rather have more sons than daughters. I would not, I want, like, I would have all girls and do, like, all, I want them to be girly, too. Like, <laughs> but I guess, all the Barbie movies, like, all the Barbies, like, yeah. I would prefer that, and then Isaac's, like, well, he's, like, then I'm showing them all this other stuff, like Pokemon and all this stuff. And I was like, that's fine, but I just also want them to, like, dress up and stuff. Because that's I, what I was I, like, I, and I that's how that. I was. But I said, maybe that's because, like, I like I kind of had a girly face, but it didn't last that long. And then, like, I was kind of, like, full-on tomboy from, like, third grade on. So maybe that's why, I, like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like I tried to be, but I just, like, I'm just so uninterested in, like, traditional, like, stuff that's, like, traditionally especially when I was little, traditionally male stuff, I guess. I mean, now it doesn't really matter, but I yeah. just was so uninterested in it. Like, I wanted pink. I mean, technically, like, I, have you seen the thing where it's like, you eat, like, there's always two sisters. One's the pink sister and one's the green sister. I so, thought that was me and Quinn for a little bit, but then... I was always the pink sister until now. Now I'm the green sister, I think, and my sister is the pink sister. All, but I'm still, like, that's on a, a relative scale. I'm still really girly, like, I still like clothes and, like, traditional, whatever, traditional gender, you know, like, uh, stereotype no, yeah, yeah, yeah. girly. I like all the traditionally girly things. I don't know, like, I don't have, like, any sort of, like, skills that are, like, um, like, fixing things and whatever. And I'm not saying, like, these are only male skills. I'm saying, no, like, yeah, those yeah, are, like, either. traditional. Yeah. But, like, I don't have any skills like that or cars. I'm, like, just so... I was, like, always so uninterested in, like, um, anything. Like, I just wanted to play dress-up, play Barbies. I had Polly Pockets. I had little, what were those called? Those little pet shop, littlest pet shops. Oh, yeah. I had tons of those at one I point. had a lot of those, too. And, like, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like when I was younger, like, I was, like, if you're talking about the green sister, pink sister thing. Like, my sister was, has always, I think, been, like, the green one. But then, like, I feel like I, there was, like third grade I think it was it's like when I I wore like dresses and skirts like every day like wore like pink and everything like that and then fourth grade hit and like I literally dressed like a small boy child <laughs> like yeah I know I, I like, like yeah I wore like I had like my hair like really like split kind of like this thing like my hair was like very split yeah but then I wore like hand-me-downs from like my brothers and stuff like that like cargo mm -hmm. shorts and like yeah yeah I also like even now I like like pretty Girl, traditionally girly clothes. I mean, I like I wear a lot of flannels, but like, that's but that's so but that's like, like neutral pretty for, neutral. Yeah. But like, I like, like I can never wear like 
right now, like cargo shorts or like baggy pants. Like I have, I have all those. <laughs> I could never. It would be uncomfortable. I like. I know. Like right now, there's a big thing. Everyone's talking about like skinny jeans are out of style. Oh really? Apparently. Why? I don't know. Cause like Gen Z is like, um, screw Gen Z. <laughs> like they're like skinny. Je- it's like the straight leg like pants are in style now. Not even like boot cut flare jeans, which no, I, I also get, don't no, like I those. Get, I get what you're ta- I don't very much. But that. like I just like, like I like skinny jeans. No, yeah, I, don't know. I think they. It's just like I don't know. it's it's just like. I think people are being, it's like a BuzzFeed article made a post about it or something, like how, it's like Gen Z says these things are out of style, but I think it was like other people, like people that are Gen Z are like, no one said that, this is just what we like to wear, like BuzzFeed (laughs) is just dramatic, (laughs) like, so I just, like, I don't know, like I'm traditionally, whatever, like I couldn't, I'm not a baggy clothes person, I'm not like a, um... I'm also, I'm, like, I am an outdoors person. I do, like, hiking, and I like camping. Yeah. And, like, I also am in a lake and stuff, but I'm not, like, I'm not, like. on farm. Yeah, I'm not a farm. I'm just not, like, someone that would do. I'm just lazy. (laughs) You're not lazy. You're not lazy, though. But, like, I wouldn't, like, want to, like, it's just more, like, hands-on work I don't like. Okay. But I like, I like hiking. I like swimming. I like being outside. But I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, like. A princess or anything, I would say. Although my family say I was. <laughs> like, you know the show Shit's Creek. Have yeah. you ever watched that? They're always. I've like, seen a few episodes. Yeah. They're always like you're Alexis. Oh. My- yeah. <laughs> um. But. Yeah, I don't know. I. Maybe I like- can be like that, especially. I also have learned helplessness because Isaac does everything for me, oh and he's like, well, he's like, he's like very handy. He always drives, so it's like I'm like I don't need to know that like. <laughs> Yeah. I, he'll fix it for me, so, like... We're, I was, I was, I was talking about how to push someone out of a ditch a few minutes ago. Yeah, I know. I said, I said, I won't need... I'm never going to be alone where I'm going to have to do that myself, so... <laughs> and if I did, I'd be like, i call Isaac. But like, just come here. He's like, yeah. I can't. You're like, come here anyways. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, it's... I'm a little helpless with some things. Other things, I'm not. Like, I'm really good at, like, navigating, like, like taxes, the business world. Like, I can make phone calls. I can call mm-hmm. the cable company and do stuff like that like that doesn't intimidate me but like stuff like pulling my car out like i don't want it i hate going to get my oil changed because it's always like um i hate getting my oil changed too i've only done it once and my uh dad has done it after that (laughs) although one time i was like it's just it's like the time that i went it was so loud and i couldn't hear anything they were saying and the guy like spoke so fast and he just like looked at me waited for an answer and i was like I don't, and I was like, I don't <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, my, I, the first time I went is whatever, the second time I went, but, like, one time I went, and I was gonna get, like, it was more, it's a lot more expensive, but, like, you can get it where you get a, this really nice car wash, and, like, they mm-hmm. fill up all your fluids and whatever, and I needed the car wash anyway, so I was like, I'll do that one, and they're like, oh, it's, like, $70, and I was like, oh, I thought it, I thought it was 60 and he's like, it's 60 for you, and I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> So I got a discount. <laughs> oh, <shoot>. Um <laughs> So that was that's like the only time like I've ever like like I didn't even try. I was just like, oh I thought it was sixty. Like I wasn't even like really like, trying like, to flirt like, or like, like oh, I thought it was sixty. I know I was like, oh no. Like it wasn't even like I was trying to get the free car wash, but he was just like it's sixty or whatever. Like, you know, I was like, Oh, thank you. I don't know. But um Yeah, I don't know. I mean I'm gonna wrap this up really quickly because I've been yeah, I was gonna say, but like, because back to like the whole 
whatever thing we're talking about before is like the clothes and stuff. I've noticed that, um, I have like skirts and dresses now. I would say I'm just a little bit more tomboy. But I've noticed that in the winter time, I dress a lot like, um, I live in the woods. Mm-hmm. And then in the spring and summertime is usually like when I dress a bit more like, I wouldn't say preppy, but like a bit more like classy, I guess is the right term. I don't know. But like I when like- it's winter time, like I, I go into work every day wearing like, snow hiking boots and like mm-hmm. jeans and then like a hoodie and then like a flannel coat that's a men's coat actually and then like gloves and like in my messenger bag i have well i just have a nice winter coat that i got years ago but um yeah i i do like skirts more especially like i work in an office so i wear them a lot it's in the winter that's almost warmer because a lot of my pants um like only come up to above my ankles because they're like oh, those yeah. dress pants and so my feet are really cold so it's almost nicer to wear a skirt a lot of the times. And I do it with, like, a turtleneck because I wear mm-hmm. tights and it's warmer. But I don't like wearing dresses in the summer there because, like, I don't wear pants. And then I'm really cold. And I like to, like, cross my legs and stuff at work, which I still would do in a dress, whatever. But, like... I always um, wear shorts under my dress. Oh, I, n- I almost <laughs> never do. I don't have really shorts. I just... I have... I am too paranoid that, like, if something happens where, like, the wind Yeah, that happened anything. to me in high school. And it was, like, the one time, like... I was just wearing like a thong and I like could I was like walking out and like literally flashing the school like I could not like get my like I tried to get my backpack over it and I tried to like I couldn't even get out of my car like without stuff happening because I otherwise I just tie it and hold it I was like jeez I came and I told my friend I was like I may flash everyone I don't know like um I don't know whenever me and my sister whenever we we wear dresses and like we had to like we sit down we stand back up we we always do a a dress check really quick we're like if you're good (laughs) yeah that happened to me because one of my friends like it was like someone I wasn't even good friends with so like if that happened to another girl I would be like hey like she's like Rebecca and I was like what and she just goes she like yanks it and like we weren't close but I was like thank you like please do that like anyone can do that to me if you're not a man a man can do that to me (laughs) I mean my husband can but like any like woman could do that to me to be fine yeah anyway <laughs> move on to our did mysteries. i go first or did you i honestly have no idea i don't remember because it's two weeks ago um <laughs> what, did, what was the things we did i did like the stones or whatever but i, I think yours was a medical thing yeah so i think i went second, second. right so i must go first um, now yeah, go go first okay so this is interesting there's a documentary on Netflix that's new about it, the Cecil Hotel. I watched, like, part of the first episode, but I just didn't watch the rest. So, um, I don't have any information any information from that documentary really in here. It might be because it's just information. Yeah. Um, but I didn't watch the whole thing. So, sorry if you were looking for information from that. But I wanted to watch the whole thing. It's interesting, creepy. So, the Cecil Hotel. Have you heard of oh, this? Wait. Lydia was telling me about this, I think. Yeah. It's um, a- in thir- uh, yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, it's like a documentary i don't know how long it is she's been watching it um it's a budget hotel in downtown los angeles located on main street it opened december 20th 1924 has 700 rooms and as of 2017 it's being renovated and redeveloped into a mix of hotel rooms and residential units so the hotel was built by william bakes hanner and charles dix oh charles dix and robert shops as a destination for businesses and tourists, it costs about $1.5 million to complete. Um, the three men invest about $2.5 million into it. Um, and so several other hotels similar to it had been established downtown. Um, 
in downtown Los Angeles and had done well, so it was like technically a good investment. However, mm-hmm. within five years, the U.S. sank into the Great Depression. So basically, the hotel, like if you look it up online, just some background on it, it is like has tons of horrible things that have happened there. Lots of like deaths and strange things. There's a list on Wikipedia called a list of like violent and mysterious deaths at the Cecil Hotel and there's like hundreds. Hmm. Um, So um, basically the hotel is around a place called Skid Row and this itself I would watch a documentary just on this Um, or like I didn't look up that much information but I would love to learn more about this. Um, So basically Skid Row is like it's just where a lot of homeless and transient people live. And the interesting thing about it is, um, basically, on that documentary, I don't remember the timeline exactly, but at one point, um, that's where, like, a lot of, like, hospitals and the government would drop off people checking out of mental hospitals, Mm -hmm. people that were homeless. Like, that's the only place they're really allowed to be without getting, like, kicked out or something, it sounds like. Um... And also that area is where a lot of the welfare offices are. So naturally people will like like try to live near there. And at one point, um, the city basically tried to contain all the homeless people there. Like, um, which is I've like... Heard, I feel like I've heard like this part before. Yeah, which is like really kind of awful. They're like, you can only stay here if yeah. you're going to be homeless. Which is like kind of like messed up, I think. And... Um, Basically, there's a lot of crime around the area because a lot of people there have untreated mental illness um, and are just, like, in general, very desperate. So there's a lot of, um, like, stealing, petty theft, stuff like that. And there's also just people with untreated mental illness that will be violent and stuff. Um, So... It's a very dangerous area. Around 10,000 homeless people live within the four-mile radius of the hotel. And it's not to say homeless people themselves are dangerous, but just the fact that there are so many people with untrained mental illness and there's a lot of drugs and, you know, yeah, like, addiction there. So it's just a dangerous area. Like, and so the documentary kind of highlighted that, like, a lot of people come to this hotel now because they don't really realize the reputation. They don't know what it is. A lot of people from, like... Uh, other countries will come and stay there because it's cheap, but it's because it's like a not in a, the greatest area, and it's like right downtown Los Angeles. Um, so the creepy it has this creepy reputation. Um, basically, don't, you probably don't know, but like the show American Horror Story did like their they do like a theme each season. They did a hotel theme, and it's kind of based on this. Okay. Um, so. The first documented suicide at the Cecil Hotel occurred January 22, 1927, when Percy Orman Cook shot himself in the head. Um, the next reported death was in 1931, when W.K. Norton died in his room after taking poisonous castle, capsules. Um, throughout the 1940s and 50s, a lot more suicide occurred. Um, suicides. I, like, I, there's, like, a list, and there's, like, so many. I was, like, well, maybe I'll just go through them all, but it's just so many to cover, and, um, a lot of people, like, commit suicide, it seems like, by jumping off of the building, mm-hmm. whatever, so it's just, like, really crazy. So, in 2008, two long-term residents referred to it as the suicide, and it became a popular nickname of the hotel. 
So besides that, besides just the suicides there, the hotel is a history of other violent and disturbing happenings. Um, it was a notorious rendezvous for adulterous couples. Drug activity, very common for sex workers as well. So just a lot going on there. Um, and then, so in 1946, Elizabeth Short, who is the Black Dahlia, she's rumored to have been seen drinking at... Mine's, mine's about that. You did the Black Dahlia. Yeah. That's so funny. So apparently she's been rumored to be seen drinking at the CISO Hotel a few days before she was murdered. Um, so... What a segue. Wow. <laughs> we on the same brain brain waves. Um, in 1964, a retired telemarketer marketer named Pigeon Goldie, uh, that was her nickname, Osgold, um, who had been a well-known, long, like, well-liked, long-term resident of the hotel, was found dead in her room. She had been raped, stabbed, beaten, and her room had been ransacked. Jacques Eleanor, Ellinger, I don't know, I'm sorry, was charged with the murder, but he was later cleared, and so her murder has just never been solved. Um, so there's a lot of stuff like this. There's a lot of suicides. There's a lot of, like, um, a lot of people stay there, too, um, like, there's long-term residents because they can't get an apartment or they can't, um, get a house, whatever, which that itself isn't bad, but I think it's a lot of the people, like, with untreated mental illness and stuff that are staying there. Mm -hmm. Um, so in 19, the 1980s, it may have been the residence of serial killer Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Um, he was a regular presence on Skid Row, according to the hotel clerk. She's claimed she claimed that she spoke to him. Um, he's rumored to have stayed at the CISO Hotel for a few weeks. Um, and he might have, like, stayed there while he was doing his killing spree. Um, another serial killer, Jack Underwager, stayed at the CISO in 1991 possibly to copy Richard Ramirez. Um, and while he was there, he strangled at least three sex workers. Wow. So the most, the documentary mostly covers this Elisa Lamb. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did a little bit more about her, but I mean, she's just like one of the examples. So, uh, she was a student from, uh, Canada visiting California. She's originally on the fifth floor, shared a room with roommates. Um, cause I guess you can do that, which is kind of, I mean, that's like what hostels and stuff are, but, yeah. um, the roommates complained about ha her having certain odd behaviors and she was then moved to a room of her own. Um, so around the time they had recently renovated the hotel and they tried to market themselves as a boutique hotel, but the reputation remains. So a journalist, Steve Erickson said, the Cecil will reveal to you whatever it is you're a fugitive from. Um, so basically, Elisa called her parents every single day, but on February 1st, 2013, she was supposed to call them, uh, she was supposed to check out of the Cecil, go to Santa Cruz, but her parents didn't hear from her, called the police, um, in LA, and then they flew to LA to help with the search. Um, so in 2013, footage of Elisa Lamb behaving strangely in the hotel elevator went viral. Um, and I have the video if you want to see it. It's only like two minutes long, but the video shows her pressing all the elevator buttons, walking in and out of the elevator, trying to hide from someone it kind of looks like, and I watched it. Um, it was recorded shortly before her disappearance. There's a lot of theories on this video. Um, so she's like, 
Elisa had like bipolar disorder and um, depression, so people thought maybe it's because of the, her bipolar disorder. Maybe she was on ecstasy. Maybe someone was after her. Um, or maybe she um, was just like messing around. And some people think the video is like doctored too. Mm -hmm. So um, she's just like behaving really strangely. I can like skip a little bit. She's like. It's, like, so creepy because it's silent, too. Yeah. She's, like, really weird during it. So. So this is just, like, her in the elevator before she, like, nothing actually happens. She's just, like, being very strange. So it's, like, see, like, people might think yeah. she's on drugs or whatever. Or someone's, like, after her. So this is, like, not really... This is the weirdest, like, the... Are the elevator doors just not closing? I know, that's the thing, too. They just don't close, ever. It's like, dang, these elevators are nice. The ones, like, I'm used to, like, close so quick. Mm -hmm. And she starts doing this, like, strange thing with her hands. She's, like, trying to, like, feel for someone, it looks like. I know, it's very strange. She's talking, maybe? I don't know. It's hard to tell because there's no sound, right? So you yeah. can't tell if she's like... And I don't... I think this is, this is like, the viral footage, so I just kind of skipped through it. Um, you can watch the whole thing if you yeah. really want to, but... Um, yeah, so she's like... There's a lot of theories. They think that maybe it was doctored, maybe it's fake, whatever. Um, and it went viral, so... Um, so eventually her naked body was discovered in the lot, water supply stern on the hotel's roof after people complained of odd-tasting water and low uh -huh. pressure... Oh. <laughs> and also, like, it's kind of horrible, like, on Google reviews, people are like, the hotel was great, but the water tasted really weird. Oh. Like, to be, like, creepy and, yeah. like, brood. And people are, and then other people are like, just stop with that. Like, yeah. I was, like, reading, like, so I was, like, wondering if anyone said anything. And people are like, I've, like, stopped by the outside. And the hotel's also been closed down for three, four years now. Okay. Um, people are like, I've stopped by the outside. It's definitely creepy and stuff, but... Um, so they found her, she was naked, but all her clothes were, like, next to her in the water thing. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no evidence of physical trauma, sexual assault, or suicide. Toxicology showed traces of prescription medication and non-prescription drugs, such as ibuprofen. Very small amount of alcohol was found in her system. It was, like, 0.02%, which is, like, not very much. And, and she was of age and everything, I'm pretty sure. Um, but no, like, recreational drugs. Mm -hmm. Um... They have noted that the concentration of her medication indicated that she was, um, like, under-medicating her, like, prescribed medication or she was, like, stopped taking it recently. Mm -hmm. um, so how she got into this turn remains a mystery. The Los Angeles County coroner ruled her death an accident due to drowning. Um, they said her bipolar di disorder was a significant factor. And, like, she had gone missing before with her parents just because of side effects with that. Um, but, like, it's ruled a death. Her parents did sue the Cecil Hotel as, like, like that they were somehow responsible, sorry, for her death. But, um, I don't know if anything came of that. I didn't, like, read. But I didn't want to focus too much on her. So it was mostly focused on the hotel. So, basically, the big theories are, like, the hotel's haunted. Yeah. Um, so that would, that's kind of like, if you watch the video, that's kind of like, would make sense, like, why she's, like, feeling out for, like, strange things, or she keeps looking, so maybe she sees something, or, um, 
someone and then that's all the that's why all the bad stuff is happening there um the other theory is like so like in american horror story or whatever so people kind of think it's similar theory is that it's a hell mouth which is um it's a portal to hell which attracts demons and like evil negative energy so that could be that's like people's serious so like why so many bad things happen there because it has all this like negative energy demons like kind of mm -hmm. horrible um but then more realistically i think it could be just because like it's originally known like where it is and then it's known for bad things so it tr attracts bad things like it's kind of like people a lot of times like do the self-fulfilling prophecy like that you see that a lot if you like win like Econo economics or whatever right so like if people are worried that the economy is going to crash they won't spend their money so then the economy crashes that's a very simplified mm -hmm. version i'm not don't come after me <laughs> <laughs> um but um so it's like that kind of thing so like and then the other thing i thought about with suicides if like it's kind of known for being a place where you commit suicide like then people are going to commit suicide there i i'm guessing it's like apparent like because like I think it's like when um they report on teen suicides in the news or just suicides in general i think um the rates actually go up because it like um causes more people to do it i think that's the same with like school shooters and stuff like that because they're they're sensationalized especially the school shooters mm -hmm. um and so it could be something like that like so it's like People, a lot of people have committed suicide there. They jumped off of it. It's like people like jump, like going to jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. You know, like it's like a known thing, and they think like I should just go there and do that. You know, and it's just just like it's in a bad area. You know, like of course, like and with lots of people with untreated mental illness. So of course, people with untreated mental illness will go there and commit suicide because their mental illness isn't treated mm -hmm. <laughs> or because you know it sounds a lot of the people in the area are very desperate and like have a lot you know so it's just like it could be something like that but or it's haunted which is more interesting um i mean whatever but like that's why there's so many bad things because ghosts and demons and stuff so that's all i have mine was it was kind of short but it was at least it was interesting. Yeah. And so, like I said, I, your sister told me a little bit about it um, earlier this week. Not too much. She was asking, like, if I if I watched the documentary at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people actually don't like because I was looking up stuff and I couldn't find like just anything about the hotel, mm -hmm. like without hearing stuff about the documentary because I was kind of like looking besides the documentary and then I saw people saying like it was not good. But I only watched the first episode and I. Just didn't finish because I didn't have time this week. I was like busy, but that's all I have. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So mine's about Black Dahlia. Wow. We mentioned before. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, so her name was Elizabeth Short, and she became known as a Black Dahlia. Um. She was murdered in Limert. I think it's how you say it. Limert Park, neighborhood of Los Angeles, California. Um. She was an aspiring actress. Um. The were there are no known, gosh, there are no known acting credits or jobs during her time in Los Angeles, um, and her body was discovered on January fifteenth, nineteen forty-seven. Um, 
so yeah, that's just very summarized. So I, I did, I didn't, I did a little bit, kind of like section, because the article I was looking at was very long, so I kind of did like little sections of each of her things, so kind mm -hmm. of like her childhood I have a little bit about, and then, wow. anyway, so uh, her childhood was, she was born on July uh, 2nd, 1924 in Hyde Park of Boston, Massachusetts. She was raised in Medford, Massachusetts most of her life. Um, she had four sisters and her father had been found dead and it was assumed that he committed suicide by jumping into Charles River after the 1929 stock market crash where he lost most of his money. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that had happened, her mother became a bookkeeper in order to support herself and her five daughters. Um, and then... Years later, they found that Elizabeth's father was actually not dead, and he faked his death because he, like, wrote them a note, like, apologizing for what he had done. Um, but oh, he had wow. faked his death in order to start a new life. Yeah, this is all very simplified, first of all, her childhood. Okay. Like, I, I, I summarized a lot of it. Um, she relocated when she was 18 to go and live with her father, but eventually arguments led to her moving out. Um, she was also going to be, she was going to be engaged to Major Matthew Michael... Gordon Jr., a decorated uh, Army Air Force officer, but he mm -hmm. later died in a crash on August 10th, 1946, less than a week before the surrender of Japan ended the war. Um, and then she moved to Los Angeles in July of 1946 to visit Army Air Force Lieutenant Joseph Gordon Fickling, um, and she worked as a waitress in California, mostly up until her death. Okay. That's a little bit about that. Um, so the murder... Um, gosh, hold on. The so murder uh, happened on July, or January 9th, 1947. Um, she returned to her home in Los Angeles after a trip to San Diego with Robert Manley, um, who was a married salesman she had been dating. Um, he said that he had dropped her off at Biltmore Hotel, uh, where Elizabeth was supposed to meet her sister, who, had, who was visiting from Boston that afternoon. Um, and then some say that she had been seen in the lobby using telephone, then she was allegedly seen by the patrons of uh, Crown Grill Cocktail Lounge at 754 South Olive Street, which I think is where she was at the hotel in your okay. in your one. <laughs> she was like uh, nearby. Yeah. Um, so on the morning of January 15th, 1847, her naked body was found severed in two pieces on a vacant lot on the west side of South Norton Avenue between Coliseum uh, Street and West 39th Street in Lambert Park. A woman named Betty Bissinger discovered her body around 10 in the morning while, wa while on a walk with her three-year-old daughter. Um, so, Elizabeth's body was mutilated and severed at the waist and drained of blood, uh, leaving her skin a deathly white. Uh, medical examiners determined that she had been dead for about 10 hours prior to being found, estimating that her death was probably, um, committed during the evening of January 14th or early morning of the 15th. Uh, the body had been washed by the killer and her face had been slashed from the corners of her mouth to her ears. Um, she had several cuts on her thigh and breasts, um, where, where portions of her flesh had been sliced away. Um, the lower half of her body was a foot away from the upper, and her intestines had been tucked neatly beneath her bottom half. Um, the corpse was posed with her hands above her head, her elbows bent at right angles, and her legs spread apart. Um, so near the scene, they had found a heel print on the ground by tire tracks in, in a cement sack with watery blood. Um, there were ligature marks on her ankles, wrists, and neck, and superficial lacerations on the right forearm, left upper arm, and the lower left side of her chest. Uh, the lower half of her body was removed by transecting the lumbar uh, spine between the second and third lumbar vertebrae, severing the intestine at the duodenum. 
so then her fingerprints were sent to the FBI in order to identify her, um, and that was later used to notify her family. Uh, due to the clothing she wore when she was killed, which was a tight skirt and a sheer blast, the media nicknamed her the Black Dahlia and described her as an adventurous who prowled Hollywood Boulevard. Because a lot of people thought that she was, you know, okay. a little bit, little bit of a what's word I'm looking for, like <laughs> little, a, little, little active. <laughs> like uh, yeah, that's what the. Um, no, I can't find the word either. Like was, risque or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think there was like sightings of her by clubs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So the investigation, um, on January 21st, 1947, a person claiming to be her killer placed a phone call to the office of James Richardson, who was the examiner, or who was the editor of the Examiner, Mm -hmm. um, which is like a newspaper thing, um, congratulating Richardson on the newspaper's coverage of the case. The killer stated her plan, uh, I say their plan, sorry, the killer stated their plan, um, they plan on eventually turning himself in, but not before allowing the police to pursue him further. Um, on the 24th, a manila envelope was discovered by a postal service worker. Uh, the envelope had been addressed to Los Angeles Examiner and other Los Angeles papers with words that had been cut out and pasted from newspaper clippings. Um, the envelope also contained some of the victim's belongings, such as her birth, her birth certificate, Business cards, photographs, names written on the pieces of paper, um, and an address book with the name of Mark Hansen embossed on the uh, on the cover. Uh, the packet had been cleaned with gasoline, though partial prints were lifted and sent in for testing, but the prints were compromised in transit and therefore useless. Uh, the day the package was received, a handbag and a black suede shoe were reported to have been seen on top of a garbage can in an alley about two miles from where Elizabeth Elizabeth's body was discovered. Okay. Um, but both the handbag and the shoe were wiped clean with gasoline and destroyed any fingerprints. Hmm. Um, on March 14th, a suicide note scrawled in pencil and a bit of paper was found touching a shoe in a pile of men's clothing by the ocean's edge at the foot of Brees Avenue, Venice. Um, the note read, to, have, to whom it may concern, I waited for the police to capture me for the Black Dahlia, kill, Dahlia killing, but have not. I am too much of a coward to turn myself in, so this is the best way out for me. I couldn't help myself for that or this. Sorry, Mary. Um, sorry. Um, this pile of clothing was first seen by a beach caretaker who reported the discovery to John Dillon, lifeguard captain. Captain uh, Dillon immediately notified Captain L.E. Christensen on, uh, of West Los Angeles Police Station. Uh, the clothes included a coat and trousers of blue herringbone tweed, a brown and white t-shirt, um, white jockey shorts, tan socks, and a tan moccasin leisure shoes, size about eight. The clothes gave no clue about the identity of their owner. Hmm. Uh, police quickly deemed that Mark Hansen, the owner of the address book, found in the packet was a suspect. Um, Hansen was a wealthy local nightclub and theater owner and an acquaintance at, and an acquaintance at whose home Elizabeth had stayed with friends and according to some sources he also confirmed that the purse and the shoe discovered in the alley were in fact Elizabeth's. Um, Ann Toth who was one of Elizabeth's friends and roommates told investigators that um, Elizabeth had recently rejected sexual advances from Hansen Mm -hmm. and suggested it as a potential cause for him to kill her um, but he was cleared of suspicion in the case. Okay. 
Um, in addition to Hanson, the Los Angeles Police Department interviewed over 150 men ensuing, in the ensuing weeks whom they believed to be potential suspects. Uh, Manley, who had been one of, the first, one of the last people to see Elizabeth alive, was also investigated, but he was cleared as cleared a suspicion after passing numerous polygraph examinations. Uh, police also interviewed several persons found listed in Hansen's address book, including Martin Lewis, who had been an acquaintance of Elizabeth's. Um, Lewis was able to provide an alibi for the date of, um, of her murder, and he was in, um, he was in po uh, Portland, Oregon, visiting his father-in-law. Father um, a total of 750 investigators from LAPD and other departments worked on the case during its initial stages, including 400 sheriff's deputies and 250 California State Patrol officers. Uh, various locations were searched for potential evidence, including storm drains throughout Los Angeles, uh, abandoned structures, and various sites along the Los Angeles River, um, but the searches yielded no further evidence. Uh, City Councilman Lloyd G. Davis posted a $10,000, which is equivalent to um, $114,501 in 2019. Okay. Um, but he posted a $10,000 reward for information leading um, leading police to her killer. Um, hold on, you get water. Um, after the announcement of the reward, uh, various persons came <coughs> forward with confessions, uh, most of which police dismissed as false. Um, several of the false confessors were charged with obstruction of justice. Hmm. Hold on. Um, is this near the end? Kind of. Okay. So this was like the media's response. So on January 26th, uh, another letter was received by the examiner, this time handwritten, which read, Here it is, turning in Wednesday, January 9th, 10 a.m., um, have my fun at police, Black Dahlia Avenger. The letter also named a location at which the supposed killer would turn himself in. Um, the police waited at the location on the morning of January 29th, but the alleged killer did not appear. Um, instead, at 1 p.m., the examiner officers received another cutout and pasted letter, which read, um, Have changed my mind. You would not give me a square deal. Dahlia killing was justified. Uh, the graphic nature of the crime and the subsequent le uh, letters received by the examiner had resulted in a media oh <laughs> frenzy surrounding mm -hmm. um, Elizabeth's murder. Both local and national publications covered the story heavily, many of which reprinted uh, sensational uh, reports suggesting that she had been tortured for hours prior to her death, mm -hmm. but that information was false. Um, yet the police allowed the reports to circulate so as to conceal her true cause of death, which was cerebral Cerebral, oh my gosh, why can't I say that? Cerebral, cerebral, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> cerebral hemorrhage um, from the public. Um, further reports about her life were publicized, including details about her alleged declining of Hanson's romantic advances. Additionally, a stripper who had who was an acquaintance of her uh, told the police that she liked to get guys worked up over her, but she'd leave them hanging dry. This led to some reports and detectives to look into possibility that. Um, Elizabeth was a lesbian and began questioning employees and patrons of gay bars in Los Angeles. This claim, however, remained unsu unsubstantiated. Um, the Herald Express also received several letters from the reported from the uh, supposed killer, mm -hmm. again made with cut and pasted clippings. One which read, "I would give up on Dahlia killing if I get ten years. Don't try to find me." Mm -hmm. um, 
On February 1st, the Los Angeles Daily News reported that the case had no or had run into a stone wall. Um, with no new leads for investigators to pursue, uh, the examiner continued to run stories on the murder and the investigation, which was front page news for 35 days following the discovery following the discovery of the body. Um, when interviewed, lead investigator Captain Jack Donahue told the press that he believed her murderer or her murder had taken place in a remote building or shack on the outskirts of Los Angeles, hmm. and her body had been transported where it was found um, in the city. Um, and based on the precise cuts and, dis and dissection of her corpse, the LAPD looked into the possibility that the murderer may have been a surgeon, doctor, or someone with medical knowledge. Mm -hmm. In mid-February 1947, the LAPD, LAPD served a warrant to the University of Southern California Medical School, which was located near the site where her body had been discovered, uh, requesting a complete list of the program students in the institution agreed so long as the students' identities remain private. Um, but everything, like, when they, once they went through all the background checks of the students, mm -hmm. nothing came up. Okay. Um, so the grand jury, kind of the aftermath, was by the spring of 1947, Elizabeth's murder had become a cold case with a few new leads, or with a few new leads. Um, Sergeant Finnis Brown, one of the lead detectives on the case, blamed the press for compromising the investigation th through reporters probing of details and unverified reporting. In September 1949, a grand jury convened, convened, uh, gosh, convened, <laughs> it's getting late. Yeah. <laughs> the grand jury convened to discuss inadequacies in the LAPD's homicide unit base, uh, based on their failure to solve murders, numerous murders, um, in the past several years. Um, and in the aftermath of the grand jury, further investigation was done on, Liz on Elizabeth's uh, past, which also interviewed people who knew her in Texas and New Orleans. However, the interviews um, led to nowhere. Hmm. So, the last little bit is about, like, suspects and confessions. And then, like, one of the theories, I didn't, I didn't look through all the theories because there were quite a few. Mm -hmm. But I just had, like, a little portion from one. Um, anyway. So... Because of her murder, it, it had spurred a large number of confessions over the years, many of which became or were deemed false. Uh, during the initial investigation into her murder, uh, police received a total of 60 confessions, ma uh, most made by men. Since that time, over 500 people have confessed to the crime, some of whom had not even been born at the time of her death. Which... <laughs> That's funny. I don't, I don't know why they're doing I don't know why people confess to crimes they don't commit. I don't know either. I mean, I know there's, like, the confession killer where that guy confessed, like, hundreds of, like, killings. Oh, really? Yeah, because he liked the attention. So oh. I know it's just that, but, like... Still. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Sergeant John P. St. John, a detective who worked the case until his retirement, stated, It's amazing how many people offer up a relative as the killer. So in 2003, uh, Ralph Asdell... One of the original detectives on the case told the Times that he believed he had interviewed Short's killer, a man who had been seen with his sedan parking in the vacant lot where her body was discovered in the early morning hours of January 15th, 1947. Hmm. Um, a neighbor driving by that day stopped to dispose a bag of lawn clippings in the vacant lot when he saw a parked sedan, allegedly with its right rear door open. Uh, the driver of the sedan was standing in the lot. His arrival apparently startled the owner of the sedan, 
who approached his car and peered into the window before returning to its before returning to the sedan and driving away. Uh, the owner of the sedan was followed to a local restaurant where he worked, but was ultimately cleared of suspicion. Hmm. Um, suspects remaining under discussion by various authors and experts include a doctor named Walbert, um, Walbert? <laughs> Walter, <laughs> Walter Bailey, <laughs> um, proposed by the former Times copy editor Larry uh, Harnist. Oh my gosh. I'm just gonna call him Larry. Okay. <laughs> the last name. <laughs> um. He, and he was a Time publisher, uh, and then there's also a Time, a publisher from the Times, mm-hmm. um, who biographer Donald uh, Wolf claimed impreg- impregnated a uh, short. Mm. And there were some others too. I'm not gonna go through the yeah. whole names because there's a lot of names. I think that's an American Horror Story. She's a bad too. I think that's the theory. I think because in this like there's like the murder house is the first season yeah there's like a doctor that performs like secret abortions for women and i mm-hmm. think she goes there and i can't remember if he kills her or not but i i think he does in the show maybe okay i don't remember yeah but i think that's a theory <laughs> i don't it's been a long time since i watched that sorry very good um please can to consider george hill hodel jr a suspect after the 1947 murder of Elizabeth Short, he was never formally charged with the crime and came to wider attention as a suspect after a suspect after his death, when he was accused by his son, Los Angeles homicide detective Steve Hodel, um, of killing Short and committing and committing several additional murders. Uh, prior to the Dahlia case, he was also also a suspect in the death of his secretary, Ruth Spaulding, but was not charged and was accused of raping his own daughter, Tamar, but acquitted. Um, he fled the country several times and spent 1950 to 1990 in the Philippines. So this last little bit is just the theories. Like I said, I didn't. I just kept the one to kind of give an idea, <coughs> but mm-hmm. like I said, there are others. Um, so several crime authors, as well as Cleveland detective Peter Marylow, um, have suspected a link between the short murder and the Cleveland Torso murders, which I think think i did yeah before I as well everything <laughs> everything's connecting tonight <laughs> which took place in cleveland ohio mm-hmm. between 1934 and 1938 as part of their investigation into other murders that took place before and after the short killing the original lapd investigators studied the torso murders um, in 1947 but later discounted any relationship between the two cases um In 1980, new evidence implicated a former torso murder suspect, Jack Anderson Wilson, who is also known as Arnold Smith, was investigated by Detective St. John in relation to... Oh my gosh. (laughs) In relation to Short's murder. Uh, He claimed he was close to arresting Wilson for Short's murder, but that Wilson died in a fire on February 4th, 1982. Uh, The possible connection between Short's murder and the torso murders received renewed media attention when it was profiled. Um, on the NBC's series on Solved Mysteries um, in 1992, in which Elliot Ness biographer Oscar Frally suggested Ness knew the identity of the killer responsible for both killers. Hmm. So that's that. Okay. Um, and like I said, I kind of summarized a lot of it. There was so much information, and like I yeah. didn't want to spend too much time because it, yeah. there was a lot. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of like some background knowledge, at least, or like a little bit of knowledge on the case. Yeah. If yeah i don't know people can look it up if they want to know more no there's a lot that's like a big famous you know thing that people are still into yeah so well that's all we have this week um next week you can check out our other podcast topics and tea if you want to just hear us 
chat about topics. Uh, um, put the link. Yep, yeah, we'll share we'll, the link. We'll put the link somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we'll share the link in the bio. In our, in the, I think the bio the of this one. Yeah, yeah the, the description. description. And then I, I can also put the end yeah. screen of this. Yep, we'll um, share it on Instagram, Twitter as well, Facebook. Um, you can check us out there. If there's a mystery you want us to do, if there's a icebreaker you want to ask us, you can um, email, or not email, message us on Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook. Um, I think that's the only way. So, or you can um, comment on YouTube, um, and we'll try to get to them if we haven't uh, done it before. Yeah. All links will be in the description, so yeah. just go there. But yeah, but thank you so much for listening. And, and we'll, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.